I want to look at this scripture, Exodus chapter 3. Mm-hmm. And starting at verse 7. You ready? And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I've heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to go to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Yeah, that's good. So I've come to take them out of Egypt and I've come to take them to a good land. Say amen. One more scripture. Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 14. Verse 27. I think this will kind of wrap it up for us. Yes, God. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 27. Amen. Listen to what this says. For the Lord of hosts has purposed, and who will annul it? His hand is stretched out, and who will turn it back? Now, see, now, now things make a little bit more sense. The New Living Translation, that's the reason I had my cell phone with me. It says, the Lord of heaven's armies has spoken. Who can change his plans? When his hand is raised, who can stop him? Thank you, Lord, for your word today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I just want to share this thought with you. His plans have not changed. Somebody reach over to your neighbor, grab him by the hand and look at him. Tell him his plans have not changed. Look at another person. Tell him his plans have not changed. And if the Holy Spirit is leading you, walk over to somebody Somebody the Lord put in your heart. You can do it. I'm going to give you time to do it. Walk over to somebody that the Lord put in your heart and tell them his plans have not changed. Come on. They need to get this thing. His plan has not changed. Because the problem, the problem is y'all responding like I just gave y'all a topic for a sermon. And I didn't just give you a topic for a sermon. I gave you a word from the Lord. Because my sermon was something altogether different. In the middle of my sermon, he interrupted me and he was like, no, that's not it. His plans have not. Then he sent me this 
read that Isaiah scripture yesterday. One of my devotions. I was like, wow. So if God plans something, nobody can stop it. So God's plan for Israel was to take them out of Egypt. To dispossess Egypt of his property, his people. To dispossess Pharaoh and everyone connected to him of his people. And take his people from slavery and bondage to a better life. And last week, Pastor Robeson came and said, that God brings us out to take us in. So if you're in between those two places, the word of the Lord for you today is his plan has not changed. God, as long as you're alive, God is working out his plan for your life. As Elder Johnson said, sometimes in life we come up against these obstacles and these things that cause us to, for some reason, believe that maybe something in God's plan has changed. Maybe there's an adjustment. See, truck drivers, they have to deal with detours. But in 2016, we got the word that we're not, we didn't get the word that we were detouring. We got the word that we were transcending which means we're going above and we're going beyond any limit that the enemy has tried to establish in our lives. In Exodus 14, there's a conversation between God and Moses. Between God and Moses. There's no conversation between God and the people. There's a conversation between God and Moses, and Moses is leading the people where God has told him to lead them. God has already proven himself faithful by extracting them out of Egypt and getting them to the Red Sea. And God begins to reveal to Moses his plan. He says, now Moses, you've gotten them this far, but I want you to take them a certain way. He could have taken them straight, but, but God takes them another way for reasons beyond their understanding. First of all, if they'd gone straight out, they would have encountered other countries that would have thought that they were threatening war. And they weren't ready for war yet. God is so good that he'll, he'll keep us from what we're not ready for yet. I know there are some things that you've imagined that you can do, but uh, the proof that you're not ready is you're not doing them yet. There's some stuff we tried to lift off the ground and God stopped it. And the reason he stopped it is because he knew that it would lead to our destructions. Somebody ought to stop right there and thank God that he didn't let some of that stuff work. You ought to just stop right now and say, God, I'm glad that didn't work. I wasn't ready for it yet. So he says, I'm going to take you another way. I'm going to take you another way. And it seems like the long way. Thank God for long ways. 
we learn lessons on long ways. Everybody wants to get there fast, but look over to your neighbor and tell them, I'm going to enjoy my journey. I'm, I'm going to learn everything I can while I'm on the way to where God is taking me. And so, and so watch what God says. Watch what he says. Verse 1, now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, uh, speak to the children of Israel that they turn and camp before Pahiroth between Migdal and the sea. Opposite Baal Zephon, you shall camp before it by the sea. So he's saying, I want you to camp in front of the Red Sea. Now watch what he says. This is the plan. Watch him. For Pharaoh will say of the children of Israel, they are bewildered by the land. The wilderness has closed them in. So, so here's the plan. Here's the plan. I want you to go and have them camp by the Red Sea. And I want you to have them encamped in such a way that they're surrounded on either side. Pharaoh is going to assume that you are confused and lost in the wilderness. I'm setting him up. See, he knows the enemy so well that he can execute a plan that the enemy doesn't even know about. Y'all better catch this in the spirit. He knows his operations, his mind, his thinking so well that he can execute a plan with him in it and the enemy don't even know. So, so, so he's going to think you're confused, you're bewildered, you're lost, that you've gone astray. and That's what the enemy's going to think. But, but, but here's the thing, when you get to your stoppage, don't you think that. Let the enemy think what he will, but as long as you don't believe what the enemy thinks. Oh, y'all, come on. Some of y'all have been allowing the enemy to speak to you and to get you to think that you're off course and that you're not in the plan of God and that God's hand is lifted from your life and that nothing good is going to happen for you and that you've been bamboozled and fooled by the preacher down at the church telling you that you're going to possess more and God is taking you into your wealthy place just because you seem stuck in the mud right now and the devil is telling you what he thinks but as long as you don't think what he thinks you're going to be alright. As long as you remember what God has promised you you, everything is going to accelerate in your life. Somebody say, I believe what God said. It's a trap for the enemy. He's going to think that you're lost. That you're confused that the wilderness has trapped you in. And, and listen, God's plan makes perfect sense because they're in new territory. They've never been free before. They've never operated outside of the confines of Egypt. Ah, that's the thing. Some of you have just newly been freed. And the enemy knows that you're not familiar with your territory called freedom. And so he thinks that in your freedom that you got lost. But the devil is a liar. You're right where God wants you to be. I don't know why y'all acting like you've been free for a long time. Y'all acting like you ain't been bound by nothing, like you ain't had a Pharaoh. We'll talk about Pharaoh in a minute. We're not there yet. Freedom is new for many of us. Some of us have been bound for so long, we don't know how to navigate this new terrain. And even though we don't know where we're going, we're following God. And God is taking us where he wants us to be. So everybody shout, it's a setup. 
he knows the mind of the enemy so well. He says, though, he's going to thank Elder Smith, Elder Johnson, Portia. He's going to thank you lost. And that the wilderness has closed you in. You hear that, Angie? But listen to what God says. But then, it's then, it's at that point when he's thinking that way, Clay. I'm going to harden his heart. Look at the strategic plan of God. That proves to us that God doesn't just do stuff. Everything he executes is well thought out. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get y'all down here by the Red Sea. It's going to look like you're lost. And Pharaoh's going to think that. Now, when I sense that he's thinking that you're lost, I'm going to harden his heart. So in order for Pharaoh to think that they're lost, he must have had people watching them. So he says, I will harden his heart so that he will pursue them. Then he says, I will gain honor over Pharaoh and over all his army that the Egyptians may know, watch this, that I am the Lord, that I'm Jehovah. That's what he's saying. I'm the existent one. And they did so. That's execution. So, so Moses says, Moses says, but they don't know all that. They don't know all of that. All they know is Moses said, come on, let's go this way. That's all they know. The rest of the information is not for them. It's for Moses. So that the leader can operate with a certain level of confidence. Everything, you don't have to know everything to follow God. You can end up in some of the best spaces because if God told you Pharaoh was coming, how would you respond? Probably wouldn't go. Anybody keep going, keep going. So, so it's told the king that Egypt had fled, the, uh, the king of Egypt that the people had fled. Now, I don't understand that because he told Moses, take them people and get out of here. So I don't understand why it had to be told him. Maybe, he, maybe he, you know, somebody said, them people really leaving. And so it says, the heart of Pharaoh and his servants were turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? Well, I know why you've done it. It was the plagues. You know how soon you could forget the whipping? When things start getting a little better and the whipping wears off, you forget the whipping that you just got? Y'all ain't never got a whipping before, anyway. Some of us been whipped in the spirit. And while we were getting that spiritual whipping, we were crying out to God, saying, Lord, I ain't going to do it no more. I ain't going to do it no more. And as soon as the sting of the last whipping wears off, we go and do the same. I'm talking to the wrong church. Okay. We'll try this at the next church. So, so he made ready his chariot, and he took his people with him, and also he took 600 choice chariots, and all the chariots of Israel with captains over every one of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the children of Israel. And the children of Israel went out with what? Boldness. Now, get this now. So, so God says, I'm going I'm to kill all of them. Now, you got to go back now because he says, uh, I am going to gain honor over Pharaoh and all his army. So then Pharaoh packs up all his army. It's happening just the way God said It's happening just the way God said. So look at this now. And the children of Israel went out with what? Boldness. 
You know what boldness means? It means rebellion against authority. That's how you're supposed to go out in the spirit of boldness. Quit being timid. Quit being afraid. Quit being scared. When you come out of what's been holding, come out with a spirit of rebellion against that authority that's been reigning over your life. Some of y'all trying to sneak out. Trying to creep out. When God says your time is up, it's up. They were so bold, God said, go borrow from your neighbors. And poor people walked out millionaires. They walked out heavy with treasure. How bold are you really? How many of y'all received the word that God's going to do something? How do you share it? Do you share it like you know what's going to happen? See, they walk out with boldness. That's a good look. But when the enemy comes, their boldness diminishes. See, what happens is when Pharaoh gets all his chariots together, and you have to understand that chariots were some of the most advanced uh, warring vehicles of the time. And they had nothing. They were just a bunch of slaves. And they didn't have anything to fight back with. All they had was a promise. And when he comes bearing down on them, they cry out unto God. But because God doesn't move fast enough, they start complaining against Moses. Nothing changed. Now I was talking to Bishop Curry about the word the Lord gave me, and this is what he said to me. I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to give him credit for it. The, the Lord spoke to him to me and said, See, Pastor, the problem with the children of Israel is that they were moving, but nothing else was. They were moving toward their destiny, but the Red Sea was still there. The obstacles on the left and right were still there. And Pharaoh was bearing down on them. And they did a good thing by calling on the Lord. But because the Lord didn't stop Pharaoh or move the obstacles, they began to complain against Moses because they thought something in God's plan had changed. See, we only complain when we think that God has changed his mind. And they begin to say, isn't it the word that we spoke unto you? Leave us alone. Let us stay in Egypt. Let us stay slaves. It was better for us to stay slaves in Egypt than it is for us to die in the wilderness. You see, when we think that God's plan for us has changed, then we start thinking that being a captive is better than being free. How soon we forget how bad it was and what we were crying in yesterday. 
Oh, my God. That thing was so tough on us that we cried for God to deliver us. And when God started bringing deliverance and deliverance didn't look like what we thought it looked like, we started whining and crying and we didn't want to speak to anybody and we didn't want to lift our hands in church anymore. And we had an attitude because God wasn't moving the way we wanted to. I came out here, God, because you told me to come out here and nothing seemed to be working. I prayed, God, to Jehovah Rapha and nothing seems to be happening. I Pray to El Shaddai and nothing has changed. God, you got me out here and it looks like you're not going to bless my life. But the reality is that God's mind about you has not changed. And don't you complain in the middle of it. You stop complaining. Stop whining. Stop walking around with your head down and stay bold in the midst of your trouble. Somebody shout hallelujah. Because the thing is, is that your Pharaoh is not satisfied with your freedom. Whatever it was that held us, it is not happy with us being outside of its grips. Maybe we're thinking about Pharaoh as a physical man, but how about that sexual sin? How about that spirit of anger? How about that root of bitterness? Oh, talk to me, somebody. How about that anxiety or that depression? Every time you get free, it comes after you. Sickness is a Pharaoh, a hard taskmaster. I'm not talking to anybody in here. That spirit of fear. Then when you start launching toward what God called you to, that fear sets in and gets you to come back and hide again. I know I'm talking to somebody. You want to do it, but you can't do it because you're so scared. And every time you get to be like you're going to try, Pharaoh comes. See, whatever it is that's holding you is not going to let you go easy. You make this decision to walk in righteousness. You make the decision to be chaste and holy. You make the decision to keep yourself till marriage. You make the decision that I ain't going to be depressed another day in my life. You make the decision that you ain't going to let sickness override your spirit. You make the decision and watch Pharaoh come after you. That's a natural part of the progression. The Pharaoh does not want you to be free. Satan does not want you to be free. Sickness does not want you to be free. Depression does not want you to be free. Your finances does not want you to be free. But see, when you make up your mind that I'm going to be free and I'm walking toward my destiny and that God's promises are yes and amen and I'm going to have what God promised me and I'm going to have a good marriage and I'm going to be sexually pure and I'm going to be in my right mind and I am going to be healed from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Your Pharaoh is going to come after you. But what you have to remember is that God plan has not changed you gotta know this inside information inside intel your pharaoh is being set up somebody grab your neighbor and say my pharaoh is being set up God's about to kill whatever's trying to chase you down He said, I am about to kill.
kill it because I'm going to get glory over it. Satan is going to know that I am the Lord. He's going to know it. He says, I'm going to make sure that without a shadow of a doubt that whatever's been holding you, whatever's been possessing you, whatever's been tormenting you, it will know that I am the Lord. And everything around it's going to know. Every person that the enemy has attached to your life to keep you from making it to your destiny. God says, I'm going to strip them off of you and I'm going to make them know that I am the Lord. You know what he says? Pharaoh, you're going to know me. You act like you don't know me now, but you're going to know me. Somebody say it's about to die. It's about to die. I feel the anointing of God in here. Come on, summer, it's about to die. It's about to die. Pharaoh, your time is up. Your lease is up. I'm breaking our agreement. I'm about to be free. But it does get hard. It does get scary. Because Pharaoh doesn't want you free. He's become too accustomed to having you. And because of his nature, having to have someone in his grips, control. When you do start moving toward freedom, he starts regretting letting you go. Now, why with all the people in the world is it that he's got to have you? Oh, you give up. Why is it that it's you he keeps coming after? Why is it it's you that he keeps trying to hold down? Have you ever asked yourself, why is it that you want me so bad? speak Holy Ghost see he doesn't even know what God's plan is for your life but what's dangerous to him is when you start moving he don't even know what it is you're going to do but when you start making moves towards something he figures wait a minute they must have gotten a word from the Lord because I see them doing stuff that they weren't doing yesterday and they acting like they weren't acting yesterday and they got a pep in their step and a glide in their stride so I got to do what I got to do to stop them now I don't know where they're going but whatever wherever it is I got to stop them he don't know he don't know God's plan for your life he don't have a clue. But when he starts seeing you making moves. <laughs> he said, I don't know what that is Nelson's about to do. But I know I got to stop him. Because when I had Nelson, he was one of my best. So if Nelson switched teams... 
Uh, if Nelson gets fully integrated on the other side, my kingdom is going to be in trouble. So I'm going to let him go to church, but I'm going to stay behind him. Uh, some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm going to let you come and get that word. I'm going to let you go to Bible study. I'm going to let you get happy. I'm going to let you high five. I'm going to let you run around the church. I'm going to let you do your holy dance. But I'm going to torment you because if I let you get fully integrated into God's system, then I'll never be able to have my grip over you. That's why I said it is important that we transcend from having church to be in the church. So I'll let you hang around them church people. But I'm going to keep you away from people who have that anointing to draw you out. So when you receive that word of correction from your pastor, I'm going to give you the spirit of anger. I'm going to give you the spirit of anger so you'll be mad at him. And when he texts you, you ignore his text. I'm going to let him do or say something in church that offend you a little bit, that rub you the wrong way so the next time he say something, you won't hear it. Well, let's have a real conversation. So I'm going to let you go to church, but I ain't going to let you be free. So I'm going to have you act like. I'm going to have you act like you're free. I'm going to let you hide it. I'm going to let you hide it up under your gift. Underneath all that great stuff you do, I still got you. But the spirit of the Lord says, he's going to die today. I brought you to this point so I could kill him in front of you. So there'll be no doubt when you go forward that that joke is dead because you're going to watch me kill him. So they're sitting there and they're crying out to God. They cry out to God first. And then, and then, and then, and then they start blaming Moses. And they say, why'd you bring us out here to kill us? And, 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 and there's nothing about Moses' ministry that said he brought them out there to kill him. But they turned on the brother. What, what has Moses ever done to them to think that he wanted them to die? Haman got him out of slavery. Does that say he wants to kill you? But anyway, long story short, they're standing right there in front of the Red Sea. They look up and they see Pharaoh coming. Can't go to the left. Go to the right. They can't go ahead. Well, so they think. And they can't go backwards. And Pharaoh's bearing down on them, 600 chariots strong. Moses must have slipped off. I don't know if you ever seen the water boy. When they win that last game, and the coach kind of just backed up. And if the water boy hadn't caught him, he'd have been gone. Mo Moses backed out of the frame a little bit and got alone with God. And started crying out to God. The scripture doesn't, doesn't tell us he did it. But you know he did it because God said stop crying. He said stop crying unto me. 
He said, he said, listen to what he said. He said, I want, you, I want you to get up off your knees, dust off your robe. And I got two words for the children of Israel. And these are the two words God sent me here with today. You ready for them? Are you ready for those words? He said, tell them I said, go forward. You didn't get that. You didn't get that. The spirit of the Lord said, go forward. Oh. Why are you letting this thing stop you? Why are you letting this problem get to you? Why are you drawing back into depression? The spirit of the Lord says, go forward. That's all I got for you. Go forward. But there's a C there. So, there's a boundary. There's, a, there's something there to keep me from making it. So, see, what you don't know is Moses got a word, too. Take that rod in your hand. But that word wasn't for the people. Moses got a separate word. That it took them going forward to activate. See, if they didn't go forward, the rod wouldn't work. Because why would he open the Red Sea for people who standing still? Oh! Why am I going to waste a miracle for people who won't believe me? Why am I going to make a way for people who don't trust me? So before I open up your Red Sea, I need you to go. It ain't going to happen until you get moving, baby. It ain't going to open until you get moving, baby. The way ain't going to be made until you get moving. Somebody slap your neighbor and say, get moving. It's about that time. It's about that time. I said it's about that time. It's about that time. Because see, Pharaoh don't have your grace. Pharaoh don't have your grace. See, God's so good with it. My time is up, isn't it, y'all? Oh, I got time. God's so good with that thing that he makes the ground in the sea like the ground you're standing on before you step in the sea. The ground in the sea is dry by the time you get to it. No, no. God makes it where there's no mud on your feet. No, you ain't wading through no water. Ain't nothing at your ankles. God completely dries up your obstacle while you're on the way. But if you don't move, Why would God do something miraculous if you're going to just stand there? When God says, go, go. Because just because there's a sea in front of you, obstacles on the left and the right, and your Pharaoh is bearing down on you, doesn't mean his plan changed. 
God says, if I make a plan, who can stop it? If I raise my hand against my enemy, who can stop me from taking them out? Go back and read it. Go back and read it. He's talking about raising his hands against his enemies. Your Pharaoh is his enemy. Because it's trying to keep you from his plan for your life. Can I say to you, nothing that the enemy brings your way can stop God's plan. He says, I'm going to take these people where I want them to be. They're going to get there. So, you know the story. I'm closing. They cross on dry ground, no mud on their sandals. You know, you know what that represents? Your miracle is going to be so amazing. You're going to have to tell people because they ain't going to believe it. They're going to say, where's the evidence that you crossed? And you have to tell them, I'm sorry, the ground was dry. Ain't no mud on my sandals. All I can tell you is that I started off on one side, and here I am. I started off bound in depression, but look at me today. I started off sick 10 years ago, but look at me today. I started off broke, but look at me today. Look at what God has done. It's a miracle, but it's a miracle that only happened because I decided I trust God's plan. And they got to stand on the other side of the Red Sea and watch Pharaoh and all his caskets drown. Because they tried to do, Mike, what God gave you grace to do. They can't do what you have grace to do, bro. They're going to run out there, oh, it worked for them. And they got out in there, and when Moses got across, after millions of people went across, now they got Mo, he said, Moses, turn around. Lift your rod. And this time the rod had the opposite reaction. They watched their enemies die. So the plan is twofold, isn't it? The plan is to get you to your place. But it's also to kill what's been binding you. He said, I'm going to do it in one move. Now, the other side of the Red Sea doesn't finish with him. He does it. But it sure ought to impact you. Oh, it ought to have some kind of impact on you going forward. But now when an when a ite comes... You know, Jebusite, Hivite, when one of the ites come, you know, the Doubtites, the Haterites, when they come, you, you ought to say to the ites, well, you know where I come from? Do you know where I come from? Egypt had me, and look at me now. God did that, and if God did that, Father in heaven, we thank you. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for sharing with us. That's what we needed to know. We needed to know that your plan 
have not changed. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're here today and you're not saved, he has a plan for you.